Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast is alumnus Julio Pruitt from the class of 2009. Julio finished his four-season career with the Washita Tigers with 171 catches for 2,406 career yards, a school record at the time. He also set a school record for receiving yards in a season with 1,116 in 2008. His other school records at the time included 77 receptions and 11 touchdown catches in a season. Julio also had a career-high four touchdown catches during his favorite game as a Tiger in the Battle of the Ravine at Henderson State in 2008, which landed him on ESPN SportsCenter's Top 10 that night. After wrapping up his final season with the Tigers, Julio was signed by the Miami Dolphins, joining their practice squad, and then being promoted to the team's active roster, playing three seasons. Julio shares about his time in the NFL, about finishing his degree this fall with Washita Online, his favorite memories playing football at Washita and for the Dolphins, and his plans to return to Newport, Arkansas to invest in the youth in his hometown with the opening of his Upfront Performance Enhancement Training Facility. Julio Pruitt, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Thank you for having me. How are things today in Florida? Things are good? Things are good. The weather is nice. It's actually, you know, it's pretty cool. Like what, mid, low 80s. It's like the perfect time to be in Florida right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't been to Florida in quite a while, but um, yeah, the weather's always good down there. It seems like not too bad. Um, Now, I know you grew up in Newport, right? In the Newport area. Now, Kendra said you might not claim Newport. There might be something else. (laughs) Well, actually, um, Diaz, because uh, I went to to school in Newport, but I live in Diaz, Arkansas, which is just two minutes across the tracks. I love it. How big is Diaz? Diaz is probably now... 1,000, 1,200 people, if that. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in a real small town, too, like less than 3,000 people. So moving to Arkadelphia was like big time, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly, <the> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we had one stoplight. It was like big time moving here. Uh, what was life for you like, you know, growing up in Newport or Diaz? What was that like growing up as a kid there? Growing up as a kid, uh, pretty much we spent outdoors all day, you know, in the, um, in the street playing uh, touch football or whether it's in a local field playing baseball, basketball in front of my house or neighbors. But we pretty much spent our entire, you know, childhood outside. You know, it's something that um, going to Arkansas, I kind of give my kids that experience because here in uh, Miami where we live, there's not as much room, there's not as much uh, space and freedom, you know, for the kids to kind of roam and kind of be, just be kids. You know, you have to be a little bit more cautious here, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, like uh, in a country, in Newport growing up, it's, it's, you know, it's free in a sense, right. you know. Yeah. Do you guys get to visit home much? Is, you know, is home still there for you? Do you have family still in Newport? Actually, my wife and I just finished visiting um, my dad, who's uh, battling cancer. You know, he's been battling cancer since 2012. And so, um, we had the opportunity to kind of just fly in and kind of check up on them and kind of play Patch Adams and give them a little happiness and kind of, you know, just because I miss them, you know. And so just being able to, uh, you know, grandma and grandpa were able to watch our four kids and allow us a couple of days to kind of just go check up on them and kind of spend time with them. That's good. Yeah, good to always get a chance to come back home. Hope your dad uh, can be feeling better. Is he getting treatments and things? And he's been he's been getting you know treatments every month. He just kind of you know just battling. And my my father, he, that's one thing about him. He's a fighter. 
you know. Yeah, well, we hope that he, uh, you know, can get well with those treatments and glad that you guys got to visit for sure. Um, when did you start playing football? How old were you when you uh, started? I know you, you know, played with you know friends there in the neighborhood, but you know, how old were you when you first started playing, maybe like on a team, that sort of thing? Well, actually, what, sixth, fifth, sixth grade, flag football. My mom thought I was too uh, skinny, too small to play uh, tackle football, so she didn't let me uh, play you know tackle football until seventh grade. So seventh grade is actually when I started playing, uh, I guess, contact football. And what, did you always, you know, have playing professionally in your mind or did you think that was something that might, you know, be in the future for you? What was that like? I actually wanted to play basketball. Basketball was kind of my first love. That's what my father loved to do. And kind of watching him play, you know, as I was growing up, is kind of just a sport I naturally gravitated to. But it was a time, I think it was uh, in 10th grade, my dad was like, he's, I guess he saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see. And he was like, football is going to be your calling. And I think you could, you should kind of, focus in on it and kind of commit to it. And so, you know, I kind of took that to mind and, you know, and decided to just work and see and see where, where, where it ended up. Were you able to do multiple sports in high school or did you have to kind of narrow it down and pick one? I still did everything. I still uh, ran track. Uh, the only sport I, was, I wasn't allowed to play was baseball because baseball and track was around the same time. So baseball, track and football. Yeah, I bet track was uh, helpful in your in your football work there. It was. I, you know, I was one of the best hurdlers in the state, and um, I kind of did. Coach Lewis, who was the track coach at the time, he had me doing like six events, like each each track meet, and I pretty much won high point my senior year at every track meet. You know, um, I I competed in. So track was definitely track. Track track was nice. I love track too. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, how'd you hear about Washtaw initially? What made you choose Washtaw for school? Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, Richard Greer, he, um, he actually chose Washtaw to um, continue his education and seeing he's right next door. And I grew up, you know, around him. It was just one of those things where, you know, once he chose Washtaw, it kind of, you know, made me think about it and kind of consider it. And actually, it kind of made me want Washtaw to be the only school that I, you know, I wanted to even go to. So I really? took one visit. That was Washita, and the choice was pretty easy. That's awesome. What did you like? You know, what stood out to you as you were visiting as a student? What What drew you to Washita? Do you think it was just I don't know. It was just different. You know, I don't. It was just something about it. Just felt home, like a home away from home. I felt comfortable. You know, it would be the first time being away from my parents, and so it just it was it was just something about Coach Knight, Coach Derby that it just it made me. You know, I felt comfortable. I felt like I was in good hands. That's great. Yeah, there's some great coaches down there. Yes, some really, really good guys. Uh, what do you enjoy most about playing football at Washtar, being a student here? What do you enjoy the most about it? Just being around the guys. Just, you know, traveling. It's the first time, you know, traveling out, you know, different cities and sometimes out of state. Just being able to see more of the world, you know, and, it's, you know, and then um, just uh, meeting guys from different parts of the country. And just being able to, you know, relate and develop friendships, it was, you know, that was my my best time, you know, playing football. Yeah, what about being a a student? Were you able to kind of balance that? Or, I mean, you're a pretty high-performing athlete. Were you able to, you know, juggle those things kind of together? What was that like? And that's the one thing that I look back on. I wish I would have took advantage to be able to kind of just spend more time out about on campus because, you know, playing football, it was just really football, school, and, and, and sleep. You know, and that's pretty much 
my that's pretty much my life as a college student. It was just football, classes, and and resting and spending time in the dorm. Yeah, so your friendships were mainly just those guys you were with all the time, I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, who were some of your favorite teammates, some guys you really got close to while you were playing? My roommates, um, like uh, Earl Singleton, who was my roommate my freshman year, and um, Justin Delamar, who's um, still in the Malvern, uh, Arkadelphia area. Uh-huh. Um, and then Tony Taylor, who was my roommate the following year. And then um, Bruce Steele and Jared Nutt, like mainly my roommates, the guys that I spent, you know, the majority of the time, because even some of those guys, I've even um, spent time on spring break visiting their families and things like that. So kind of we're able to kind of develop some, you know, some friendships over the years. Yeah. Where'd you live on campus? What dorms were you in? Uh, Ernest Bailey. Okay. Yeah. Ernest Bailey. Yep. I was in Daniel, so, you know, right, right around right across the <laughs> Very cool. Um, you know, in your time playing at Washtenaw, was there a favorite play or a favorite game that just stands out as being one of your favorite memories as a Tiger football player? My last game, uh, the Battle of Levine against uh, Henderson State. The 10 catches, 250 for a touchdown game. That was, you know, that was my favorite moment, favorite game, favorite, favorite everything. That's awesome. Was that at Washtar or was it across the street? That was across the street. We walked okay. across the street and, and gave it to them, gave it to the Reddies. That's always good. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we're missing not having Battle of the Ravine for sure. It doesn't feel right this fall. It doesn't feel right at all. And football, in, you know, in it general, we love – yeah. Especially so we, Yeah, we met a couple weeks ago and uh, set the calendar for the fall, and we're just kind of like, okay, COVID needs to be out of here because we are ready for football. <laughs> yes, um, you know, after playing at Washtenaw and your season kind of ended here, um, tell me about getting that call from the NFL, what that was like in that process of kind of transitioning from Washtenaw and college life into the NFL. Um, I actually, on after the draft, I went undrafted. Um, you know, I had a draft party and everything, you know, thinking I was going to, um, I was projected to go early as fifth round and the latest was, you know, undrafted free agent. And so I went undrafted. And so the following day I'm back in class. And um, I was in Dr. Reynolds' class. I forgot exactly which class it was, but I got a phone call from a Miami area code. And so I had to um, leave class. And um, it was uh, um, it was one of the Dolphin Scouts that had scouted me um, that came up. What's his name? Uh, he's going to Ryan Brockington. Ryan Brockington. Okay. Um, and he was uh, saying that they were considering offering me a position on the practice squad. But it wasn't for certain. He just wanted me to stay by the phone and, and you know, continue to work out just, to, you know, to be ready. And so after class, he called me back and said that they gave it to another guy, Brendan Marion. And so I was thinking like, man, like, you know, what now? And so um, I went home and um, was kind of just, you know, working out. And just one day, you know, a couple of days went by and I'm on my mom's couch and it was September 7th and I received another phone call. And it was Brian Gaines from, um, he was a director of player personnel for the Miami Dolphins. And then he offered me a position on the practice squad. And so, and he asked me, how soon can I fly out? I was like, I can fly out right now if you need me to. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I hung up the phone. I ran upstairs and my sister was just happened to be there. My mom's as well. And I woke her up. She was sleeping. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to Miami. She was like, what, what? And I'm like, no, I just got a call from the Dolphins. Like they're going to sign me to practice squad. And so, I'm I'm just ecstatic. I'm running up and down, you know, my mom's uh, house and kind of just just filled with emotions and kind of um, just realizing. I, so I started packing, and then the next day I flew out. 
That's awesome. That was a quick, quick turnaround. Quick turnaround. Yes, sir. So when you got down there, did, did practice start, you know, immediately or what, you know, what was the timeline like? There? It was, was it right away? Uh, right in. Like, uh, so I went down and, you know, obviously you have to take, uh, you know, like your physicals and stuff and you have to go sign the paperwork, you know, the, the contract and things. And so, um, and then after signing the papers and everything, got to meet with a couple of coaches and then right to the equipment um, room to get measured for a helmet and, and everything because the next day it was, you know, it was go time. How many guys do they take on a practice squad like that? And then how many of those folks kind of move on to playing? They start off with eight. When I played, it was eight. Now they have, I believe, like 12 or 14, but it was eight. And um, from the time I was there, I was kind of like the only guy that stuck, you know, on practice squad. And I was like the only interchange, one that was not uh, replaceable, I guess you can say. I tried to make it as hard as possible to be replaced. And, you know, Luckily, I was able to be the only one to kind of stick out from that original um, practice eight-member practice squad from when I first got there. So those guys who are already on the team, do they practice against you, or what does that look like in those practices? Well, um, what the practice – our job is to kind of um, give the, um, the defense – well, you know, the practice squad is mixed between offensive guys and defensive guys. So um, if you're not a starter, if you're not on the first team, you're on the scout team. So even some of the second-team guys um, – participate on the scout team as well but our job is just to give the best look possible you know for the uh, um, upcoming opponent and so my job a lot of time I was the I wore the red jersey which is the opposing team's best wide receiver so if you say back in the uh, Andre Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald I played Andre Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald and that was like each and every week and so you know and that was one of my responsibilities and I took pride in it yeah, so do you have to kind of watch a lot of film and know a lot about those and guys? Kind of, you have to imitate. You have to give the best look possible. Imitate them. Try to be. And that week, I'm Andre Johnson. So if Andre Johnson is overly physical at the line of scrimmage, I'm overly physical at the line of scrimmage. But it helps me because I'm going against the first team defense every week. And so when the coaches are watching film, you know, for the first team defense, they see me. You know, every every rep, every play. So. You know, there was no lacking. There was no, you know, half speed. It was, I had to, I had to go because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be replaced. And so it was good exposure for me. And I guess that was part of the reason why I was kept around. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, were there any favorite games or moments for you? I know that you moved, you know, moved up in the ranks from practice squad into, you know, being on the official roster and that kind of stuff. But um, were there any favorite moments, favorite games for you? Uh, my first game, which was against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was the first game I was activated. We, I think we had started one in, we were one in eight at the time. And, um, and then I was activated um, week 10, week nine or week 10. I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Snow game. It was, it was like, it was in Kansas City. It was just like the, the, perfect atmosphere but it was it was actually like the, our best week of practice because um the way he kind of announced me being activated was like the special teams period and you know kind of like like go like go julio and it was just like the entire team just like finally but it was just it, it ramped up and then you can just tell from that week on because we finished winning i think believe like the the last six or so games like you know we went on a, on a nice little run and partly because the special team's intensity and, you know, the play increased. I don't want to say it was just because of me, but, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah I saw some <laughs> pictures from that game. There's a lot of snow. I can see you in there, but there's a lot of snow falling in that game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, my I'm actually from Missouri, and my mom was a Chiefs cheerleader. Grow, you know, growing up in her younger years, so we'd, wow. you know, go to Arrowhead some and and be up around there. But um, yeah, that looked like it was a really really fun game to play in for sure. Yes, sir. Um, any other things you enjoyed about that time in the NFL? What was that like? What do you enjoy the most? Just the experience and the, the relationships and the connections, um, you know, and, you know, the average career is three years, you know, and not a lot of people even make it three years. So I was blessed. I was fortunate to to get that time. And so with that time, I was able to, you know, gain a lot of access to certain things. Like even now, I'm like, I'm, you know, alumni, you know, yeah. had I not made it those three or so seasons, I might not even be, you know, Dolphin alumni. So I'm able to uh, participate in certain events and still be a part of the organization, you know, so which it's, it's just been, it's been amazing. Now were Dolphins a team you, you know, tracked as a kid or, you know, growing up, or was that a team you looked at that you liked, or was it just, how'd that work out, you know, for you? I was, I was a Cowboys fan growing up. I mean, that's okay. what everybody in my town, that's kind of what my dad, everybody was a Cowboys fan. So once I, I became a Miami Dolphin, that's when I became a Miami Dolphin fan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder kind of how that, how that worked. Cause you know, now all I see you're like Dolphin fan for life. You everything, know? Dolphin everything. <laughs> I love that. You mentioned kind of, you know, being considered a Dolphin alum and I've been seeing pictures with other alums out there um, serving food, doing food distributions for needy people. Um, what other kind of things do you do as a Dolphin alum? What is that like for you? Uh, one of the main things we do, uh, the Dolphins, they uh, have a food drive where they're di- distributing meals to the South Florida community. And they've been doing it since, you know, COVID, um, COVID became about. And so it's one of those things where alumni, we have certain days that we're allowed to go volunteer and go help. And so any chance I get, I try and go um, volunteer. And, um, you know, we get you know access to, you know, games and things like that and just being able to be around more, that's like one of the benefits of, you know, being alumni. Yeah, I think that's really fun that you get to still, you know, be in the area and be involved. I think that would be a, a really fun thing to do for sure. Are there any other alums that you're close to? Are there, you know, friends of yours that are in that same kind of group with you? Um, like kind of like a couple of my teammates, like Nolan Carroll, um, Kevin Barnett, they come around, they have other things that they're doing outside of football. So they're, you know, not as much as, you know, involved, but they're still around, but the guys that I kind of play with that still live in the area, I see them every now and again when I go to these events. So those are the guys that I still kind of, you know, talk to on social media and things like that. Yeah. Are you still involved in any football things kind of in the community coaching or anything, or is this kind of. I'm actually getting an itch to now. Um, My wife and I, we recently, um, we bought land in um, Newport, Newport, Arkansas back home. And um, we actually started a, 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 starting a business. So we're going to, I'm going to open a training facility and, but right there in Newport, Arkansas. So I'm going to start giving back to the youth by training and, and kind of getting these kids to, you know, to grow, but you know, the correct way and kind of just give my knowledge and the things I've learned, just try to give it back into my community. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see that come to life. So very exciting. Uh, I know you've jumped back into Washtaw life and you're finishing up a few classes online. Um, why do you think you've been so committed to, you know, finishing your degree after, you know, being away from it for years and having such a, a great career? What's kind of driving you to finish that degree with us here? My kids, um, you know, it's one, and also for me, it's one thing that I left unfinished and it's something that I promised myself that um, regardless that I was going to try to come back and finish. I, t- I promised my parents as well. 
and also um, Coach Knight. You know, I told him that, you know, eventually I will come back and finish. And um, with the NFL Player Trust, they um, they have a tuition assistance. So they're actually paying for it. So the fact that it's, you know, financially, it, it was free. I just had to, you know, um, meet the requirements, the essays and things like that. And they paid for it. And, you know, 11 years later, and now my kids see me doing homework. And while they're in school, they see me working and just, you know, they understand that I'm trying to achieve something as well. And it's, it's just been, it's been big. It's been hard, <laughs> but it's been, it's been, it's been beneficial and I'm enjoying it. That's great. Is it a December graduation kind of plan? Yes, sir. December, uh, December 20th is supposed to be the last day. I'm actually in my last uh, course now, Spanish 2. So, you know, if everything goes well, I'll be graduating <laughs> in December. Yeah, those language courses are always a struggle. <laughs> but my wife is actually um, Latin American. She's Spanish. So it's it's, oh, awesome. it's been perfect for me because I've kind of been able to, you know, grasp and understand the one thing that's that I've been yearning to um, to get so I can communicate with her and her family in a different, you know, in a different way. That is awesome. Yeah, I didn't have any French people in my life when I took French. <laughs> in Washington, but, uh, yeah, that's super helpful. That's awesome. So I guess after receiving your degree, how long do you think it'll be before you head back to Newport and work on this facility? We're actually, we're in the process now, like little, we're living here, but we're taking, you know, the little steps. So, you know, hopefully, you know, within the next year or so, we're able to get over there and start, you know, getting things going. Very cool. Well, let us know how we can help and I will. You know, I will. send students your way to help out. We'd love to be involved if we can, for sure. Yeah. Um, now tell me about your family. I've loved kind of keeping up with you on Facebook, seeing your kids in their Halloween costumes and it's so fun. And, um, it looks like your wife is an amazing cook, by the way, every night you, you post dinner pics. I'm like, man, that looks yeah. like awesome. She, she, she is amazing. She's a, uh, she went to culinary school. She's a chef. Really? Yes. Yes. She went to Le Cordon Bleu. So she's a, uh, you know, that's what she does for, that's her passion. And so being able to cook for her family is, is like a plus, but any anything I want, I can think of. I tell her it. She cooks it up, and it's it's amazing, you know. And we have four kids. We've been married for four years. It'll be five January sixteenth. Um, we have four kids: Leilani, Calais, Eden, and Nova. They're um, seven, six, uh, four, and two. That's awesome. And like I said, she's a Latin American. Her parents are from Nicaragua. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. Like I, you know, I do everything that I do now is, is for them, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, is there going to be like a Michelin star restaurant attached to your training facility there? That's, that's, that's <laughs> part of the plan. No, that's, that's part of the plan because part of performing is, is also what you put in your body and how you yeah. fuel, uh, fuel yourself. And a lot of kids, they don't know that, you know, even I didn't know that, you know, growing up because like, um, you know, I used to, I used to eat, kind of bad, you know, and it's one of those things is like, but I still perform at what I thought at a high level, but it just imagine had I had the right nutrition in high school or even in college, just, you know, who knows, you know, so it's just one of those things. That's part of what I kind of want to educate these kids on is how to properly take care of yourself. And my wife, she's going to be playing an integral part in that as well. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to switch, uh, switch things up a little bit. Talk about your time at Washita. Um, did you have a favorite professor during your time at Washtenaw? Anybody that uh, sticks out as a good teacher that you enjoyed having? Dr. Wink. 
Dr. White. Dr. White. Yes, sir. He uh, he always had a way of uh, just making me smile. Like on the days where I didn't I didn't want to smile, I just wanted to come to class and do my work. He always found a way to kind of jokingly, you know, just amuse me. And he he just always made me feel good. And and I enjoyed all his stories and and just the, um, the Western letters class in general. Like I really, I really enjoyed my time with Dr. Wink. Awesome. Was that a favorite class for you or did you have some other classes you took that you enjoyed? Uh, your time? My favorite class was urban community with uh, Dr. Mills, you know, just kind of um, always learn about, you know, rural com different communities and, and bigger cities and things like that. And who, kn um, who knew that I would end up in a, in a huge city and kind of some of the things that I learned in that class has kind of helped me, that helped me um, kind of um, um, maneuver myself, you know, to be able to succeed in this environment over here, you know. So, Dr. Mills, that was his uh, urban community class was my favorite. Yeah, I could see it might be a little bit of a jump. I mean, even from Newport to Arkadelphia to Miami. Miami, exactly. <laughs> kind of a lot. Um, you know, was there a favorite thing you love to eat if you were in the CAF or in the student center? Do you have a favorite food on campus? And the students said I always had to have Chick-fil-A and then a double cheeseburger from Tiger Grill. Like I had to have them both together. Never one without the other. That's awesome. <laughs> Never one Very without good. the other. That's awesome. Um, you know, favorite spot on campus? It might be a place where you spend a lot of time as, a, as an athlete or something. But is there a favorite spot when you come back to campus you just love this certain area of campus? Ernest Bailey, I guess, because that's where I spend the majority of my time. Or, or the field house. Or just yeah. the field house or the stadium. I guess those will be the three. The dorm room, the field house, and then the football field itself. Yeah, have you been able to be back, you know, recently and see the new stadium and all that? I have not. You haven't? Have okay. Not, not. Well, we gotta make that happen when you're back. We definitely do. Direction. We definitely do. For sure. Um, any favorite Washita memories? I know you have a lot of good football memories, but are there any other memories from your time at Washita that really stand out? Um, actually, my first, my very first chapel. That's that's one is is I guess just seeing every individual, every different culture, you know, just the diversity in itself, and just that was kind of like what kind of gravitated me to Christ, because you know I, I wasn't a church guy, you know, um, growing up, and but coming to Washita, like that very first chapel, it was just something about that moment that kind of made me want to find him, you know, want to find, you know, Christ. And so I would say my first chapel. That's great. How has your, you know, faith kind of since that point played a role in your uh, career and your life there in Miami? What's your faith kind of been like since then? It's, it's, it's been strong. And it's one of those things where I've kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm learning every day and it's things that I'm trying to instill with my kids. And actually every day, I mean, once I was activated to the roster, I spoke the prayer for the team. Every before every game, before every you know every meal, I was I was the prayer guy. So anytime, anytime, any we need a prayer for anything, they would say do proof. Like you know, it would automatically I was I was that guy. You know, because I was always in my locker with my Bible reading every morning. So it's just one of those things where I had the the opportunity to pray over you know the team, which was which was awesome. You know, it was an awesome opportunity. Every before every time we took the field. I was the one, you know, providing the, the grace, the message for the team. Yeah, that's incredible. What an opportunity to do that. That's so cool. Um, you know, having that, that opportunity to share and to be that light. I see on your social media, it seems just like you're a really positive influence on, you know, other people, on youth. Um, is that something that 
you know, even growing up, you were, you know, felt like a positive influence and just, you know, always being that kind of positive guy, or is that something that's kind of developed throughout your, your life? It's just something that kind of uh, developed throughout my life. Cause you know, growing up, I was, I was quiet. And even my time in Washington, that's why, you know, um, my interactions were kind of limited because I was just quiet. You know, I kind of stayed to myself, but as the years have gone on, it's, you know, one of those things that, that has changed, you know, in me. Yeah, I always see, you know, when people are posting about washed off football, mm-hmm. you're always the first one in there encouraging people and, yes, and lifting people up. So we, we appreciate how, you know, positive you are about, about washed off students and things like that. So we appreciate that. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with your washed off family out there today before you hop into lunch with the family? I was just, um, like I say, like I was telling you, my wife and I, we're starting, um, you know, a company upfront performance enhancement. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's in the works. And so here with, like I say, within the next year or so, we're going to be making a move back to um, Newport, Arkansas. And hopefully that'll allow me to have more time at Washington because my wife, she's dying to see it. She's, <laughs> she's dying to visit Washington and kind of just see around and, and hear about, see all the things that she hears me talk about. And so, you know, but that's that's what I have going. And, you know, just keep an eye out for that. You know, just uh, upfront performance enhancement is, is coming soon. All right. Hey, as soon as stuff's posted, we'll be sure to, to share that with folks and let them know how they can be a part of that. And yeah, we can't wait to have you and the fam on campus. So give us a holler. We'll uh, show the fam around and can't wait to have some little Tigers for Life running around there. With yes, us. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Julia, thanks so much for joining us today and just really appreciate you taking the time and thanks for just your, your positive uh, message you're putting out there in the world. Can't wait to see all God does through that uh, facility that's in the work. So we're praying for you and your family, praying for great things to happen with those youth in Newport and uh, just keep us posted, man. I will. I appreciate you. And I thank you for having me. I enjoyed it and um, look forward to seeing you and talking to you soon. Sounds good. Hey, have a great day. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.